Matt Stepp, we are recording this podcast on a Thursday. Do you think that this is going to feel any different? A little weird. Trying to figure it out, but I think we'll manage. Tap and step your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I am the step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We sure hope you enjoyed that 2A and 1A preview. Um, I hope you did. I hope you did very much. I hope you did very much. I I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, it, it, editing it, putting it all together. I was like, oh, I feel like we said at least three smart things. The feedback the from the nerds has been positive. So Okay, well, that's good. No, well, I, all I we've got to do is now replicate that magic three more times. Exactly. This is your... 4A and 3A preview of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We're going to go region by region of Class 4A and Class 3A, uh, smallest to largest here in uh, in just a little bit. But first, Matthew, we will start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. And I did some research, Matthew. You did? Yes, Matthew, uh, it, it's hard to say because you've had because, uh, you know, old 4A is now 5A and old 5A is now 6A. We shifted things around back in 2014. So it's a little strange. Okay. But I will say this. There are 13 UIL Texas high school football programs that have in their possession a state championship trophy that has class 4A on it and a state championship trophy that has class 3A on it. How many of those 13 state champions that have won in both 4A and 3A can you name? Okay, uh, let's go with Carthage. Carthage is one of them. They've they've got a four A state championship and then a three A state championship. Multiple. Uh, Ch- China Spring. China Spring is not one of them. Believe it or not. Oh, uh, let me no, make sure. No, they, lost, they, lo- they lost in the state championship to. They won a yeah. they won a one A championship in nineteen seventy eight. They lost a one A championship in nineteen seventy nine. They lost a three A championship to Salina in two thousand and seven. Yep, I was thinking they lost in the championship, and game. then they okay. beat Gilmer this past year. Okay, uh, let's see, a 4A and a 3A. Carthage is one. Uh, is Salina one? Salina is not one, no. Oh, okay. Salina, Salina State Championships, two I strikes. believe. Yeah. yeah, you only get three strikes. Salina State Championships is a lot of 2A. A lot of 2A state yeah, championships, which would now energy. be 3A state championships. Yeah. But they did lose a 3A state championship. They have a 3 yeah. They've never won a 4A state championship. Okay, 4A and 3A. They lost one back in 2015. They lost West Orange I think Gilmer might have, have one in both. Gilmer has both. Gilmer yeah, okay. uh, has a uh, has a state championship in 3A in 2004, and they have a state and in 2009, and they have a 4A state championship in 2014. Okay. Cuero, uh, I'm pretty sure, has, has both. Cuero has both. Cuero has a 4A state championship, of course, in 2018. They also have a 3A state championship back in 
now I'm starting to run out here. Uh, I got two strikes on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, no, I think they do. I think they lost in the state championship once. Uh, You're doing great. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a uh, Let's go with uh, Texarkana Liberty Ilo. I don't. Liberty Ilo, unfortunately, is not uh, answer. They they won a three A state championship in nineteen ninety nine uh, and a three A state championship in two thousand and six. But that okay. that's three strikes, Matthew. Here is the list of the thirteen teams with a three A state championship and a four A state championship. Alito. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's remember they used to be a small town. They did, and yeah. here's here's the one that I think best encompasses like the because they were right around the 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 renaming Argyle. Argyle's got both because they beat yeah. Larry Rose as a three A team in in two thousand and thirteen. Thirteen, yeah, right right before the change. Yeah, and then of right course twenty twenty they won the four A title against Lindale. Brownwood's got both. Um, Old school. Carthage. Yeah. You mentioned Carthage. You mentioned Quero. Ennis has both. Ennis has a three A yeah. state championship. They beat they beat Quero um, back in nineteen seventy five to win a three A. Three A was the old four A, mm-hmm. or three A was four A back then. Yeah. Here was one that surprised me. Garland has both. Garland has a three A state championship in nineteen fifty six and a four A state championship in nineteen sixty three and nineteen sixty four. Never would have gotten that one. There you go. <laughs> Gilmer, you mentioned Navasota's got both. Navasota's okay. Got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're again right around that the the renaming. Um, in fact, did they straddle it? Uh, they uh, they're yeah, twenty twelve and twenty fourteen was yeah. when they won it, and they won it in they won in different divisions in the course of three years. Um, Plano's got both. Okay, uh, back on Plano was really growing. Was small, Plano was still a small town back then. Yeah. Port Nature's Groves has both. Okay. Uh, uh, Stephenville now has both. And another one that I think was a little surprising, Chapel Hill has both. Chapel Hill yeah, has a 4A title Hill. back in 1989, and then they dropped, um, and they won a 3A title, or yeah, they won a 3A title in 2011. So there you have it, the 13 teams that have both a 4A That's and a, a 3A state championship. That's I told you what you know for the preseason pre for the preseason preview editions, you got to dial up some good tepping stuff. Uh, That's a Texas strong high school, one. Well, fun facts of the week. All right. Time to get into it. We are uh, we are going to be previewing Class Four A and Class Three A today. We're going to go from the smallest division to the largest division, which means we're going to start. Uh, we're going to go region by region, but we're starting Three A Division Two. In Three A Division Two, I will make the bold declaration that we will have a new state champion in Three A Division Two. Oof. I'm not afraid to say it, Matt. That's why people subscribe to this podcast yeah. for the the hard hitting facts and the bold predictions the made. Bold, by you. the bold going out on a limb here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Franklin, the 3A Division II state champions, are now up into 3A Division One. We'll talk about them in just a moment. But that kind of leaves, I wouldn't even say a void as much as it is just like the the usual suspects up near the top. You look mm-hmm. at our rankings. I mean, you could tell me that these were the rankings from like 2017, and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of the same same faces here. Um, uh, across the board. And, and I feel like uh, we did not get Gunner Canadian in 2021. And I, I feel like we, you know, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but I, I think we're 
careening towards a Gunner Canadian State semifinal matchup once again between Region One and Region Two. Yeah, you know, Gunner Gunner starts the year number one in our rankings in three A Division Two. Um, of course, it came up short in the title game last year. They bring back a fair amount of last year's team. I know they were they looked like they were going to get a transfer quarterback in from Sherman. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he was ruled ineligible. I'm not he's sure back. what they're. He's back in sure Sherman what, now too. Oh, back in Sherman. I'm not he's sure what their yeah. what their quarterback situation is going to be. Uh, but at the same time, uh, throwing the ball was always kind of bonus for them. Like um, it kind of took their good offense and turned it, or really good offense, and turned it like it, like unstoppable. Um, but they will they they bring back six stars on both sides of the ball and uh, you know look like the favorite once again. In Region Two, that's kind of one of the other things about about Gunner that I think is is interesting. Um, it has been a long time, a long time since anyone challenged them in Region Two. Like, yeah, they there's been they've they've pretty much just. I mean, if you look at the past five six years, and they've won. I think have they won six regional titles in a row? Is it six in a row? It's got to be right. It's got to be right. I would be interested in those playoff games within Region Two. How many of them have been? I think it's six uh-huh. years in a row they've won Region Two. Uh-huh. And I bet it's less than three games that were double less than double digits. Yeah, I mean, see, okay. two touchdowns or let I mean it it's Let's been see. it's been dominant. So they have been to the semifinals one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just scanning since twenty sixteen before a semifinal. I'm looking for like a close game. And okay, they in twenty eighteen they beat Lexington thirty to twenty seven in the area round. Okay. Um in twenty nineteen they beat Clifton twenty seven to fourteen in the area round and then holiday twenty seven to nine. But like yeah. dude, it's I mean, to be real honest, and we're on the premium podcast, so I don't mind saying it, it's just been a lot of ass kickings. It's, it's just so, been six four games and six it's twenty four games and of the twenty four playoff games. Yeah. And of those twenty four playoff games you found two? I found three I found three that have been within two touchdowns. I mean, yeah, and one of them is an eighteen point game. Twenty seven. No, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. So two of them two, two of them were within were were within uh a score. And really and, and even the tw- even the Clifton oh, game, yeah. like thirteen, no. that's a two, that's thirteen points. It's a pretty. Yeah. So there's played, one game played, within double digits. Yeah, one. one they have played one one possession game in Region Two. Yeah. So um, just kind of. Yeah. And we'll we'll, but, ju- we'll talk about Region Two. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, like, you could you could also couldn't you say uh, before last year, couldn't you say the same thing about Canadian Region One, like. They had now. There had been a couple of teams. Abernathy had been a bit of a thorn in their side, um, in like regional finals, but and Abernathy finally got I them think, last year. I think Childress gave them a game one year in the regional final. Yes, the regional final, 2017, 35-30. Yeah. Um, so, and, know, and so and and so and twenty seventeen. Let's uh, twenty sixteen. So um, Sonora. They had a couple because Coleman Coleman gave them a run the, the week before. So they've two, they've had yeah. to struggle much more in Region One than Gunners had to struggle in Region Two. Yeah, they had a couple um, of close games at 19 to 7 in 2018 against Abernathy. 2019 was 35-31. Yeah. And then last year obviously uh, you know, losing to uh, Abernathy in in the third round. So yeah. a little bit more competitive in Region 1 with Canadian, which uh we start there. I, I think when I look at Region 1, I I think all roads lead through Canadian because the Wildcats, I mean, they bring back uh, 
is it 30 Letterman? They bring back a ton yes. from last year's team. And talking to Coach Ketting there at coaching school, he feels like the the veteran experience in this team is a huge strength. And that to me, that seems scary for the rest of Region One. Last year, last year they were. And well, I guess we'll just come matriculate over to Region One and start talking about the, uh, three Division One Region One. They were Canadian was not only young, but they were also really beat up. And this is not to make excuses for them, but they were a bit very hard to be injury bug. And they had also, one of those years. You know, you, yeah. you have one of those years. They they had one of those years where just nothing broke right on the injury front. Nothing went right. But they are they've got to be the favorite, I think, in region one to start the year. But that's not to say that there's there it's gonna be any sort of walk in the park, including you've got the team that beat them, Abernathy. Abernathy, the the region, the 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 state, the state semifinalist from a, a year ago, um, uh, regional or, finals or no regional finalist. That's right, Lubbock Roosevelt, Lubbock Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, so so let's start. With, we'll start with Abernathy. Abernathy was a team that that slayed the giant, but they have some questions um, going into this because they're going to be pretty young. They graduate, uh, I believe, uh, ten starters off of last year's team. Um, yeah. And then there's Lubbock Roosevelt. Lubbock Roosevelt gets hit real. They were very senior heavy last year. They got gutted. And that's funny. They, you know, Lubbock Roosevelt goes 14 and one, and they are not being talked about at all. And I think it's because they hadn't really, if, if Lubbock Roosevelt had kind of been a perennial power and competing for regional mm-hmm. titles before this, I think we talk about them a little bit more, but, but we looked at last year as kind of, I don't want to say aberration, but was it, was it that just that special group that came together yeah. and went on, went on a magical run? They, they lost a lot. Uh, I, I think there's some questions there, especially when you run that kind of offense, that the continuity of that offense is, is going to be going to be key. And Aber- Abernathy's got questions because their, their best player, Anthony White, who is uh, their, their, their stud Division One player, you know, he's coming back. He, he hit a pretty serious knee injury this offseason. And yeah. his status for the beginning of the season, for most of the season, is a little bit in question right now because, you know, he may not be 100% healthy at the start of the year. So that's a huge Distri- Districts two, three, and four combined to have seven of our top twenty in three division two. Um, really Regi- uh, District two's got early and wall. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on early. They are, they are, they are. You want to talk about loaded with experience? They got eighteen starters back from last year's team. And I'm bullish um, on wall. I think wall is my is my three A division two sleeper. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't that long ago. Wall in three A division one was an absolute powerhouse, playing, you know, competing and playing in state championship games. And and they're dropping down to Division Two, and I know the last couple of years that they've had their share of struggles. But when I look at a Wall team dropping down from Division One to Division Two, and returns eighteen starters, yeah, you got to think they're going to be a, they're going to be a, a they're going to be in the mix in, in Region yeah. One for sure. Yeah, don't don't just look at their five and five record. Um, and then you know, look, there's Abernathy, Idaloo, and Lubbock Roosevelt, which are going to uh, put together a really impressive kind of uh, trio there at the top of District Four. But then let's talk about the team that's going to be the chief challenger to Canadian and the team that we had earmarked at the beginning of the playoffs to be the Canadian slayer, to be the team to get through. And that was the team that had already beaten Canadian, which yep. is Children's. Children's Bobcats, yeah. Uh, they bow out in the first... Eve. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say they bow out in the first round of the playoffs and uh, and and... And that, if that were the only headline, then it would already be an interesting team. But, uh, but obviously they've they've been they've been a little busy. A little event, a little bit of an eventful offseason for Childress, as as Jason Sims was let go, and and he's now an assistant at Mount Pleasant. And uh, former defensive coordinator uh, Bo Helm uh, mm-hmm. 
takes over and you know i you know, seeing children should stay seven on seven i didn't see a lot different from how they're operating or going about things we talked to coach helm and you know he's obviously got his own way of doing things but but i, I think for the most part we're there's not going to be a ton different with Childers. Childers is going to be really good. They've got Darion Mathis. They've got Lamont Nickelberry. They've got mm-hmm. some playmakers, but they did have a pretty big loss at quarterback. Colin Bishop is gone. They've got to replace that that production there at the quarterback spot. And, and I, I think that, for me, gives the, the, the strong lean to Canadian uh, within right. district play and, and, and in the region as well. I, I think Childers is going to be in the mix. I think they're going to be – a team to be accounted for, but I wonder if the, the loss of quarterback is going to be a little bit too much for them to overcome. I tend to agree with that. And I agree with you on wall. I think that's a team that Rawl or even Lubbock Roosevelt. I mean, maybe that maybe they've just figured out the magic there at Lubbock Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, those are teams that it's a deep region there that, but it, I think it does have a clear front runner there in, in, in Canadian um, three division two region two. Um, I mean, we talked about Gunner Gunner is going to be excellent. Once again, they've, they've got, They've got playmakers all over the field. I actually think I think that they're um, – I really think their defense could take a step forward this year. Um, I really like what they bring back defensively. Um, Ethan Sloan is going to be – kind of take more of a, a center stage role for them. Um, Ashton Bennett is going to be their probably their, their go-to running back. Um, this is going to be a loaded team, and um, and and they, they should be the they should be the favorites in Region Two because they've won it the past couple past you know six years. I guess we just mentioned they bring back twenty two. Really- yeah, to, yeah, it's not like they got hit. Hard. They've got and they've got numbers. They've got great numbers. This is a they just barely missed going Division One, so they're they're a bigger school in this division. They've they've got numbers in the program, and they've they've got a formula that yeah. that that works really well for them. So I I think I think this is a It'll it'll stun me if anyone takes Gunner down. Well, and that's the thing is that like for example, so the um the team that we have ranked second in Region Two is Holiday. No, I like Holiday. Holiday went thirteen one last year. Had a great, great year. Frank Johnson's got a great ball club there. Yeah, uh, they bring I think back be, a lot. They bring back a lot. I think their front seven is going to be really really good. Um, but at the same time, we saw this last year in the regional final, and they and and Gunner beat them by twenty one. Yeah, um, I, and, I just and, don't know that they've closed that gap at all. Right. I, I need to see somebody play Gunner close within Region 2 before I'm willing to buy in on, on somebody beating them. If, if you're looking for a sleeper, I mean, we've got Bells as the third-ranked team there, but but I actually really like, um, you know, I, I know we've kind of, uh, uh, fig, you know, kind of forgotten a little bit about them, but if, if you're looking for a – I think Eastland has an opportunity to, to have a really nice year this year. Man, that um, district, that district five, three, a division two. If you're just looking for a district that's going to be entertaining, all six yeah. of those teams. That that district last year, every single week, every game was was with. I think, I think I calculated it at there of all the district. I think there was 15 district games played, and I I think 11 of the 15 games were were, were decided by a touchdown or less. Yeah, one through six, and everybody kind of brings back about a dozen starters on on mm-hmm. total. You know, it's like a bunch of six and six, five and sevens. So they're all kind of bringing back about the same pieces. So it could be a really entertaining district. Again. Yeah, there is also there. We should mention um, there is a, a, a one. I don't know if I want to call them. You know, flying the ointment seems like I'm being I'm being mean to them, but there there is a state champion in this region. Uh, in yeah, Cedar, Cedar Hill. Hill Newman. Yeah, the, the the two charter schools that are moving over from the the private school, right? They're, they're charter schools. You know, Cedar Hill, formerly Cedar Hill Trinity Christian, now it's Cedar Hill Trinity Leadership. So they're they're now a public charter school. Um, and Cedar Hill Newman played each other in their I, I can't remember what 
weird private school division. Like TCAF, I think. Yeah, they played each other in state championship. Now, Cedar Hill Newman has had a lot of upheaval this offseason with coaching changes and and things of that nature. Cedar Hill Trinity also has had a late coaching change as well. But from talking to folks in that area, from what I understand, Cedar Hill Trinity, Cedar Hill Trinity, Cedar Hill TLC, whatever you want to call them, um, seems to have the better of the talent between the two right now. And so they might be the team, kind of an under-the-radar team to keep an eye on. But I wonder how they're going to adjust to playing tougher competition. Dude, and, and this is neither here nor there, and I don't want to I don't want to call them out on this, but I was just looking. I'm looking at our, our our rankings right now, and do you remember? Do you remember we were at a state semifinal watching Valley View in a state semifinal? Yeah, three A has not been dude, kind. It has to been very unkind to Valley View. Yeah. I think it was a, a combination. Valley View had a really good group come through. Mm-hmm. They were a bigger 2A Division One school, so they kind of had numbers, and they kind of hit it right at the right time, and they made that deep run and lost to post in the semifinals there in Brownwood. And since that time, yeah, they, they moved up right away after that. They went to 3A Division Two, and I'm not sure they've made the playoffs that, in the last couple of years. Uh, they've gone a combined 1-19 in their two years at 3A. It's, it's been tough, and I'm not seeing – I got them picked sixth in the district. I don't see yeah. – see anything different from them. It's been, it's been a tough couple of years for them. Let's flip sides of the bracket and let's get to perhaps the most, I would say the most top heavy region. And that would be region three. We have, there are five teams in the top 11 uh, in our rankings uh, in three, in, in region three, starting with um, maybe you forgot about them, um, even though they just keep rattling off another 10 win season last year. But uh, Hey dude, Newton's going to be pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Newton's due for a – I don't want to say bounce back because they've been good the last couple of years, but I, I think they're they're right there ready ready to win a regional title once again. This is a, this is a team that we could see in Arlington. They've, they've got a lot back. They they feel like the team – like they're, they're going to be that kind of team that when, when W.T. Johnston had those teams that were really cooking, this team's going to look a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're going to be athletic and versatile and defensively just nasty, which is funny because like you can make an argument that they lost their best player in D. Yeah, D- they also yeah Division One running back, but I think they're going to be better at every other position. They've got yeah. good for them. They've got good depth this year. That's a thing that that's interesting with Newton is when they when they have depth, they 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 could be really something special. This is a team, I, I think. Uh, Leighton Foster, this is kind of his versatility and what he can do with multiple positions gives Newton. And you combine that with the depth and then the, the typical Southeast Texas toughness they bring to the table, I think they're going to be a problem. But then you add in, like, look, in that region, you've got three of the top five because you're also adding in Dangerfield and West Rusk, who were, you know, one was a, you know, what Dangerfield was a, a regional finalist, and and, and, and West Rusk yeah. was a regional semifinalist last yeah, year. Yeah, West Rusk went twelve and one and lost to Dang- lost to Dangerfield in the regional yeah. semifinals, and so, uh, yeah, Dangerfield's got some questions. There's been some turmoil and turbulence, kind of just kind of swirling around that program this offseason. So I'm interested to see how they continue to, if they can continue to keep it trucking. I think West Rusk could really be a team that breaks through this year. They went 12 and one last year. They got 14 starters, but they've got uh, a potential FBS commit uh, kind of recruit there at quarterback and Andon Mata. And this is a, this is a West Rusk team that I think could do some damage. We're going to find out real early about West Rusk. They opened the season with Malakoff, who I yeah. think we'll probably talk about in the division one talk. So that, that we're going to find out pretty quick 
how how good West Rusky is. And then you know you, you look kind of a, a outside of those guys, and, and I think there's some there's some good depth in Region Three. You've got teams like Decalb, who I yes. think kind of broke out and had a great year last year. I think they're going to be um, in the mix. I mean, we haven't talked about last year's regional champion in Wascom, and yeah, they, they they had a coaching change. They had some kids depart the program because their their dads were coaches, and now they're you know, most notably Cole Watson, who is now yep. Tatum's quarterback. So I, I think they're still going to be uh, they're still going to be in the mix. They're still going to be a team to watch out for. And I think New Waverly, if you're looking for a real deep sleeper in Region Three, yep. I think New Waverly has a chance to be a real sleeper. Yeah, New Waverly's a sleeper. Um, I can also, um, it's it, you know, like again, kind of, kind of, we're, we're talking about teams that that could have those breakout years. Um, I think I think Edgewood has an opportunity to to make some noise this year. This is a team that's moving over from Region Two, where they've kind of been beat up by by you know fundamentally Gunner, uh, but they're moving over from Region Two over to Region Three. They've got. They've got 15 starters back from last year's team, which was a playoff team. They have a 10 and OJV to draw from too. Edgewood is a, is a sleeper, I think, in Region Three. But there there are certainly there's there's no shortage of contenders here. Newton's our early favorite, but then it's like Dangerfield if they can kind of figure out their 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 you know the stuff surrounding the program. West Rusk looks like they're ready for prime time. Decab last year might have been the start, not the finish for them. You know, mm-hmm, Wascom, mm-hmm. of course, is the reigning state semifinalist. You know, New Waverly, Elysian Fields, Hooks, Troop. It's a fun bracket. It's a really fun bracket. It's a lot of fun. By the way, District 9, District 9, between West Rusk, Troop, Arp, Edgewood, I mean, that's a four-way dance of like Mm -hmm. four teams that, yeah, West Rusk looks like they have the early edge, but those battles for two through four, especially when you're trying to duck a team like DCAB in the first round, like, those are going to be fun. District 9 is going to be a lot of fun. All right, over to Region Four. Region Four, you may remember the uh, that's where that's where Franklin ruled the roost, and Franklin just they just murdered everyone. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was. I mean, they 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 the, the team. Do you remember what happened in the regional final? Do you remember who they played in the regional final? It wasn't close. Was was it Poth? It was Poth, Poth yeah. and the final score on that one was sixty six to nothing. And I think it was um, like. It was in the 40s or 50s at halftime. It um, was uh, straight. So it was, it everyone's, was hap- everyone's happy they're gone. Um, and so what's left, I think you've got a couple of contenders here who each have some questions. Um, you have Poth, of course, the, re- the, the regional uh, finalists from last year. Uh, but they are going to be pretty young uh, at the skill position spots. Last year, they were pretty special, I thought, at the skill position spots. This year, they're going to be pretty young. Um for you have East Bernard, East Bernard slot T is the devil, but they're a team that's I think going to be pretty young. They have to replace eight starters on defense. Mm-hmm. You have Lexington. Now Lexington's got fifteen starters back from last year's team, but they're only six and five. Um, you know, Tidehaven was a team that we thought might be a breakthrough team, but they have to replace a quarterback. I, I look at I look at Region Four, and I think it's it's whereas. Uh- it's kind of the opposite of region two in the sense that there is some there. It's hard to see anybody besides Gunner winning region mm-hmm. two region four, man, you could talk me into like seven or eight teams winning region, winning region. Four. Yeah. Th- there's, there's no real just looming powerhouse in this region. There's no and alpha. I, yeah. It's, it's a, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of teams who, who, who I think have a chance to be pretty good, but honestly, I'm not sure any of them will be able to put it much of a fight in the state semifinals. So yeah, I, 
I think we've kind of overlooked Region 4 because there aren't any state contenders, but I think within the region, it's going to be very competitive and very fun. I, I think a team – my deep sleeper out here is Comfort. I think Comfort dropping down from Division One, having a ton of people back, I, I think Comfort is the kind of team that could really take a huge leap forward this year and, and make a lot of noise. Odom down in the Corpus Christi area has consistently been very good uh, in that part of the state, but then once the playoffs have come, they kind of have lacked that success. They're a team that could break out this year. I, I had a real hard time picking my regional regional champions. Even Poth, with what they yeah. bring back, they don't bring back a ton either. So it's it's a it's it's pretty wide open here. And I, I had a you could like I said five, six, seven, eight teams could conceivably get up get hot and win this region. Um, there's also the team, and, and if you're looking for a real hipstery pick, hey, remember when bowling played for a title a couple of years ago? <laughs> they played Gunner. They did play Gunner and got well. And got well, they hit. move they move up to three A Division One, right? Move up to three A Division One, and then they it does not go well for them in their time in three A Division One. Well, yeah. they're dropping back down, and they're dropping back down with twenty one starters. Uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're dropping into a tough district, though. They're, they're yes. dropping into with East Bernard, Tidehaven, and, and Van, Van Vleck is another kind of team yep. that kind of under the radar that could could be dangerous as well. It's a good district. Yeah, there are it, it, it is a it's a region four is going to be like in a lot of ways you can look at we've talked a lot about three A division two in, in kind of terms of um, like kind of marching towards inevitability with a lot of these regions like Canadian looks like they're going to win region one like there are some there are some obstacles but they look like they're going to win region one Gunners a prohibitive favorite to win region two mm-hmm. you know Newton's got some entry or uh, region three got some entry but I think Newton's the favorite there Newton or maybe West Rusk. Uh, region four is just like shrug, draw a name, (laughs) like uh seriously. So, all right, let's get to your regional picks and your state champion. Region one, I'm going to go with Canadian over wall and a little bit of a surprise in the regional final, uh, region two going gunner over holiday. No surprise there. Region three going Newton over West Rusk. And in region four, I'm going to go Lexington over Poth. Don't feel great about region four, but I kind of had to, Pick a name out of a hat in the state championship game. Give me Gunter over Newton. I we're pretty similar. I'm going to go with Canadian in Region One. I'm going to go with Blooming Grove in Region Two. Um, I'm going to go with Newton in Region <laughs> Three, and I'm going to go with uh, I'll go I'll go Chalky and go with Poth in Region Four. Um, but I don't feel great about it because it's really an advice ball game. And then in the state championship game, I'm going to go with Gunter over Newton. But I will say this. There's a chance that this Newton team looks a lot like that Franklin team, and mm-hmm. that and Gunner had a hard time with that Franklin team. There's yeah, I, I, I think anyone in three A would have had a hard. I mean, I, I wonder, wouldn't you like to see Franklin and China Spring play last year? Oh my god, I think god, that yes. would have been a lot of fun. Can I just can I also throw out one other name? In, 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 like, and, and I don't think that they're a Region Two contender, but um, Dublin has one of the very best players in three A. In, in Chris Teton, their quarterback, who was like one of the state's leading passers last year. Um, go out of your way to watch Dublin. Dublin's going to be really good. They're going to be fun. Well, they're going to be really fun to watch. I'll say that. So anyway, that's 3A Division two. I think we're in agreement that we like Gunner uh, over Newton in a title game. Let's move over to 3A Division one, where um, it's kind of everybody pile in. Uh, like every... It's so funny. Like every contender that you see, like, look through the top seven of our top seven of 3A Division One. okay? 3A Division One. Mm-hmm. Brock uh, played for a title last year. 
Franklin won a title last year. Lorena won a title last year. Mount Vernon has been like one play away from playing for a title each of the last two, two years. Yeah, two years in a row, yeah. Jim Ned won a title in 2020. Grandview, remember they won three straight? Uh, back At least to back. Back to back. They went back to back, yeah. And Malakoff was playing for titles. I mean, there is, as far as like recent pedigree is concerned, the top of 3A Division One is really unmatched, um, really across any classification, largely because it has kind of been like, it really has been there, the, the region, like, or rather the, the class with no alpha, the class with no like final boss. They've just kind of taken turns having great teams mm-hmm. and it's made 3A Division One be one of the most fun brackets and most fun classifications to cover over the, over the last, let's just call it like eight years. Like it's just been, it's just been wild and just so vastly different every time, every year. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I don't know, three division one, you could talk about it being my playoff favorite. games. Yeah. It'd be yeah. a lot of, I mean, we haven't talked about teams like Hallettsville, Yoakum, Pottsboro, yep. Gladewater, you know, there's been some, really fun playoff games. Like remember uh, a couple years ago when Lano was in the semifinals? Oh, Pickle hasn't let us forget. Doesn't let us I forget know. it. She reminds us of it daily. So yeah. Right. And, and, or, or, she, and we haven't talked about shallow water. There was yeah. one year shallow water pushed Brock to the, to the limit there in the, in the playoffs. So there's, there's a lot of good football in three, a division one and a lot of, a lot of good teams. Yeah, it, it is. And that's, that's, I think you could talk me into three, a division one being my favorite club, being my favorite division. Um, we have Brock number one, but and I don't know if you agree with this. I feel like the top four, most especially. I don't know how you feel about Jim Ned Grandview and and Malikoff, but the top four, most especially, it is real hard to slip a piece of paper between these 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 teams. Yeah, I I you know last year I was not that high on Brock, and the Brock fan base never let me forget it all yep. year. Um, I mean I. The, I don't have a problem with them being number one because, like you said, I think the, the, the difference between one and four is really small. But, I mean, I look at Region 1. I think Brock is the favorite, but I think there's they've got their fair share of landmines. I, I think Region 1, and even their district, you look at, at District 4, mm-hmm. 3A Division 1, it's a one through seven. It's a, Every team in that district is going to be really good. And if you take whoever finishes seventh in this district and put them in District 2 or District 3, they have a chance to compete for the playoffs. It's a district – that is deep. It's going to be, it's going to challenge Brock. So look, Brock will be playoff tested uh, when the postseason begins. Um, and, and a lot of this is going to be like, you've got both state champion, both three state champions here in the same district. We'll get to them in a, in a moment. Uh, and then there's just kind of the question of like, is this finally the time for Mount Vernon? They've been so painfully close the past couple of years. Um, and then like other teams looming, is this the year that Grant or that, that like Columbus breaks through? Like, mm-hmm. Is this the year Columbus breaks through? Is this the year that the Edna breaks through? Did, did Columbus get to the semifinals in 2019? I think that's what that it sounds was. right. Lost to Grandview. When, remember when Grandview was Region yeah. Three? Yeah, that was weird. Because Grandview played Pottsboro in a state championship game. Yeah, um, we, we had Grandview playing East but, Chambers in the second round of the playoffs. That was they, weird. They, like Grandview played Malakoff in a title game. Did I make that up? Yeah, yeah, they played um, Malakoff in 2018. Yeah, and now they're they're basically. Basically, like district bunkmates, seven and eight. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Columbus was in a semifinal in twenty nineteen. This is a this is a hard. What I like about three A Division one, and what what I like about breaking it down is this is a. I think the parity in three A Division one is maybe better than any other class. 
Um, and that's going to make for really fun regions. It's going to make for really fun district play and stuff like that. So let's move into region one. You mentioned uh, Brock at the very top. We've got Brock number one. Um, they bring back second year under Billy Mathis, I think is going to, is going to help them pretty significantly. They, at this point, this program needs no introduction. Uh, it's easy to forget. They're just like, what, nine years old, 10 years old. I've um, been around that long. No. Um, but Brock is going to be a problem. Jim Ned, of course, the 2020 state champions. Now they are without Xavier Wishard, um, kind of the star, but I don't think, I don't get the feeling that they're going away. Um, no, I think, I think they're, they're going to take a step back, though. They, they lost. They lost that Tate. Their quarterback. Remember how good Tate Yardley was in that, yeah. in that state title? Right? He's gone too. I, I think Jim Ned's going to take a step back. If you're looking for a sleeper, I think Breckenridge has a chance to really be a sleeper. I think. I think what Casey Pierce has done there at Breckenridge in his hometown. Keep mm-hmm. an eye on the Buckaroos this year. I could buy into, um, you know, uh, Shallow Water was a 10-win team from a year ago, and they bring back 13 starters. They're a team that I'm certainly paying attention to. Uh, there in, in district in, in what is kind of a, a district two that looks like it's there for the for the taking. Um yeah, Bush the two clear. If you if you if you buy into the idea of getting getting hot at the right time, uh, Whitesboro, White, seven, Whitesboro, seven's, yeah, a lot of that offense is back from last year. And and they were remember the, I mean they finished the year with the very uh, they go to the playoffs at six and four, yeah, and and then just get white hot. And, and and mow down people before running into uh, Brock in the, in the regional final, um, and then you have a, you have I would say I would say not a high profile uh, 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 drop down, but Iowa Park moving down from four A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this is a team that was five and five last year. I don't think they enjoyed their time in four A. Uh, but you know now did, were they three A in twenty nineteen when they no, made they that one in the regional final? They're four no, A. They went, they went to the semifinals. They lost to Pleasant yep. Grove. They played Pleasant Grove in a yep. in a state semifinal. So they've certainly got that pedigree there. And, yep. and yeah, so um, if you are interested, can, let me, let me ask you, could I, could I offer you some stock in Peaster? I, I, I if you're talking about a playoff team, I think absolutely. I, I think yeah. Peaster probably is, is the number three team in district four. And I think Peaster is one of those teams, Peaster, Pilot Point, Paradise, Ponder, mm-hmm. Boyd, take all those teams and put them in other districts and they're, they're, they're competing for district district titles. Yeah. In other districts they're good they're a good ball club i think they, peaster's just in the wrong district and even yeah. even if they finish third it's gonna be a tough first round playoff matchup for for whoever whoever gets that number two seed in, out of district three peaster's not going to be a cakewalk um yeah uh it's it's you know we've got uh, brock's brock's the early favorite here jim that if they can find a new identity i think they could be like pretty dangerous but i think from from now where i'm sitting here on august 4th Brock looks like the team to beat. Region okay. two is very interesting with four teams in the top 10. Um, Mount Vernon has all the pieces to, to break through. They've won the region the last two years. They have been, they played one score games in the semifinals uh, each of the last two years. Yeah. Last year, the Brock game, they were kicking a field goal to win the game and in regulation. And yeah, it's just, yeah. They've been um, right there on the doorstep. They have been. Is this the year they break through? Uh, they start the year as the early favorite in the magazine to, to, to win Region uh, 2 again. Um, I, I will be paying a lot of attention to District 7. I think especially the very top. I don't know what oh, week yeah. Grandview versus West is, but that's going to be scintillating be a, stuff. That'll be a bloodbath, yeah. West, yeah. West was kind of the surprise regional finalist last year. They got some holes to fill, but West is always tough. Those Trojans are all always ready to go, and I, I think they'll be 
you know, they beat Grandview last year, and I think they're out to prove last year wasn't a fluke. Yeah, you know, another thing, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's easy to say considering we have them ranked number seven in the state, but like Malakoff, this looks like another team that I think is going to be really impressive because I think they're like, I think they're going to be really, they're going to have some good size for a team at 3A Division One. Like they're going to be pretty beefy up front. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna have some defensive guys. The question is kind of gonna be, can they find that? You know, when they've been really good, they've had those breakout skill position guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Damian Jackson is that guy. Maybe it's Austin Massengill who was a receiver for them last year, or maybe they have some youngster. I know they're pretty high on the sophomore quarterback Mike Jones. Who Mike Jones? Um, but I see, what, I see but what you did there. They they I think they I think Malakoff's got an opportunity to to to. Be, be a thorn in a lot of team sides. Uh, I think they took some lumps last year and and, and and lost four. You know, they end up losing, finishing seven and three in the regular season. I think they've got an opportunity to make some noise. And by the way, speaking of a team that I feel like we talk about every single year, as like, man, this could be the breakout year. But like, I'll just say for the umpteenth consecutive year, uh, Gladewater could just be the breakout year for Gladewater. And what about Tatum? I mean, yeah. I think you know Whitney Keeling there at Tatum. You get Cole Watson moving in from Wascom to, to run that offense. I, I think. I think Tatum is going to be a team to, to keep an eye on because of what they have coming. You know, they, they got four four back on both sides of the ball, but I think the new attitude and the enthusiasm they have around that program could could be infectious. And if you're looking for a sleeper, keep an eye on those Mahaya Black Cats dropping mm-hmm. down from four A. Seventeen starters returning from a team dropping down from a playoff team in Class Four A dropping down to three A Division One. Mahaya is going to take a big leap forward this year. This is also the time uh, where we have to issue the Dave Campbell, or rather the Tep and Step uh, positioning statement on Atlanta, which is never again, <laughs> never again. We've we've well, the Atlanta will be will be playing for a state championship at some point, and I'm just going to be like, I don't believe it. No, not going to happen. I've yeah, I've, I, I've been burned too many times well, by the Rabbits. They, they were they were zero and ten last year, so yeah. we're not going to be talking too much Atlanta. No. Atlanta's got a lot of a lot of proven to do. They, they sure do. Let's flip sides of the bracket and go over to Region Three. And uh, okay, let's. I'll just. I'll. 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 I'll talk about three Division One, Region Three, and specifically one district in this way. Is District Eleven Three A Division One the toughest district in the state? Man, it might be top to bottom. It's it's really really strong. I mean, there's going to be in three A Division One a couple of really good teams that don't make the playoffs. Three A Division One in three, eleven Three A Division One. You have the defending Three uh, A Division Two state champion Franklin, and by the way, Bryson Washington's back, and they're going to be really good again. Um, you bring they bring back the defending Three A Division One state champions in Lorena, and by the way, they have some holes to fill, especially on the offensive side. But one hole they don't have is that receiver. They have Jaden Porter, who is a freak show. Um, you also have. Um, you also have Little River Academy, who was an 11 and two team last year, and then you have my sleeper in the region, which is Cameron Yo. Like mm-hmm. second year under Rick Rhodes, they are loaded with experience, and I think I wrote about this on TexasFootball.com. If you dive into what they were doing last year, they were they played a brutal schedule, absolutely brutal, and to go four and seven with a team that young with that schedule is really impressive to me. I think, I think they're a, a, a super sleeper in this, in that region and have an opportunity to, to really surprise some people. Agree. I, I agree. 100%. This is, it's just a really good district. It's going to be unfortunate that there's going to be a couple of good teams miss the playoffs. It's, it's, 
it's going to be we can, a week in, week in, week in and week out. We could just you could just watch eleven three Division one and not any other re, any other district and be thoroughly entertained. In this let me just let me just tell you this: like right now, according to our projections, you have first round playoff matchups of Cameron Yo versus Columbus and Little River Academy versus Yoko. Like those are regional semifinal quality games that you're getting in week one. Um, it's going to be speaking of Columbus. You know, we talked about uh, Matt Schobel's squad. Um, they've got another Schobel. They've got like seven more Schobels. There's a, a million Schobels on this team. Uh, but they've also just got 18 starters back from a team that was uh, in in the regional semifinals last year uh, before running into kind of a, a what in hindsight was a team of destiny in Lorena. Uh, speaking of running into Lorena, Dieball did the same thing in the, in the regional final. Um, and they bring back 15 starters from last year's team. I think that Lumberjacks team, I don't think that's an accident. I think that's I think that is the new normal there for die ball. And I'm really interested there. That I don't know, like the the only district the only the, there is one mystery box district. There's one mystery box district, and that's District 10. District 10 is boy, I don't know. It could end up being the best team, but, but it won't be the best district in the region, but it could be like the second best district in the region, or it could be like the worst. Uh a yeah, lot of high variance. A lot, of, a lot of high variance here. teams here with Orangefield, Anawak, East Chambers, you know, Buna. You could talk me into Buna getting hot. They bring back 15 starters from last year. Yeah, yeah. East Chambers is kind of the team that's kind of dominated things and they they lose quite a bit. Now they have they have their quarterback back, but I think everything else around him, they lo- took some heavy losses. Anawak, I think it's gonna be good. Orangefield runs the slot T. They're dropping back down from four A division two. Mm. They could be a problem as well. So it, it's a there's a lot of intrigue in District 10, even though there's maybe not anyone who we think can, can challenge for the regional title. Yeah, it's it's going to be Region 3 is going to be fun. Even like the headlines are going to sur- uh, surround District District 11, but I think that whole region is going to be fun. And then you get Agreed. to Region 4. And I mean, a lot like Region 4 of 3A Division 2. Like uh, this is where, you know, this is, this is a, a region where, um, you know, th- there's not a whole lot of change as far as the region is concerned. It's a lot of the same teams that are just kind of back in there. The one change would be Lago Vista, um, enough, the regional, yeah. the, the regional uh, champion moving up to four division two. But much like that, you much like you had in three division two with Franklin moving up. Now region four is like it's the it's the Will Smith beam of standing alone in, in the room <laughs> and just looking around. You're just like, okay, someone's going to win this darn region. Mm-hmm. And each of these teams, there's for every reason you have to believe in them, you also have like one or two reasons to be like, mm, I don't know if this is necessarily their year. I, I think Edna is the team to beat in this region. They bring back 17 starters from a, a 10 and 3 ball club. And they've got, they've kind of got that, that, that singular playmaker and quarterback, Jaden Clay. And they've got, he's got a great uh, sidekick in Drayden Ashford, the running back. But Jaden Clay, 35 touchdowns last year, over 3,500 yards of offense. Kind of a dual threat quarterback who at three in 3A can really just take a game over. You combine that with 10 starters back on defense. I think Edna is the team to beat. But I, I hate to say this, but I, I think Lano could be really in the mix as well. And if that happens, Pickle's going to be suffering. So here's the question on Lano. There's basically one question. because there, There's a lot of things to like. They've got seven three-year starters that are back. They've got like the linebackers are back. They bring back four of their offensive line guys from a team that went eight and three and, and – 
plain and simple, I think, disappointed in the playoffs with that loss to San Diego. Oh, yeah. They, um, they, that was a big upset loss. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's one question and one question only. Can they find a quarterback? If they find a quarterback, they are right there neck and neck with Edna and maybe Vanderbilt Industrial for the for the for the regional title. And if they can't, then they, then like it's they could they could finish anywhere. They I mean, because especially in that district, Blanco is a team that, you know, don't look at the record. The record was a little ugly last year, but this is a team that I think has an opportunity to they they got off pretty light on graduation. And, and Jay, you know, new coach, new at Jamie Dixon coming over from yeah. Industrial, taking over there at Blanco. I think I yeah. think he's gonna have them. Rock and rolling. Jordanton is another team that kind of they were really good in 2020. Took a step back last year for their for their standards. I think Jordanton's another team that's probably going to pop back up and have a really good year this year. Yeah, and then and then there's always uh, there's the question rather of um, what do you do with a team like Corpus Christi London, uh, who had a, a, such a breakout year last year. Uh, you know the 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 ten win team. They were they're really impressive. They bring back 15 starters. They're going to be pretty. They're going to be pretty pretty big, and they're going to be pretty deep, but their offensive line is pretty ex- inexperienced and well, offensive and, defensive lines. And realignment was not kind to them. No. London what London was in District 16. Now they're in 15, so now they've got to deal with Edna, Vanderbilt Industrial. They beat Goliad in the first round of the playoffs last year, but it was really close, and Goliad brings a ton back as well. I mean, London, a team that was unde- an undefeated district champion last year, it's going to have a hard time getting into the playoffs because of UIL realignment, sending them yeah. north instead of south. It gets a lot tougher the further north you go in Region 4. All right, let's get through our 3A Division One regional picks as well as your state champion, Matthew. Uh, region 1, give me Brock over Whitesboro in a repeat of 20, uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, region 2, I'm going to take Mount Vernon over Malakoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, region 3, give me Franklin over Dieball. No one's talking Ooh. about die ball very much, man. Die ball is loaded this year. They, they were they were the regional finalists last year. So keep an eye on the lumberjacks. Yeah, and and they got they got they got hot late. They got hot mm-hmm. like in the playoffs and and with a young team. So yeah, and I think they bring back sixteen or seventeen starters. Their die ball is going to be in the mix. Uh, region four, I'm taking Edna over Lano, and in the state championship game, give me Mount Vernon over Franklin. Wow, you think Mount Vernon gets it done? I think Mount Vernon gets it done this year. Bra- uh, they got senior quarterback Braden Bennett, who was he was awesome last year. Yep. Um, there's ample reason to believe that. All right, Region One, I'm going to go with Brock. Region Two, I'll go with Mount Vernon, but I am consider me very interested in Grandview. Very okay. interested. Um, Region Three. Region three, I'm gonna it. go with I'm gonna go with Franklin. Oh, but I thought you were gonna do it. I thought you were gonna pick Little River Academy. <laughs> I'm super interested in Little River Academy, and I'm also super interested in Columbus. Um, region, just, region three, region three is gonna be a bloodbath. There are so many is. good teams. And and the other thing, the other thing for me is like we, we haven't even talked all that much about Lorena. Like they just have for me right now, as I said on August fourth, they just have too many questions for me. Like as far as a repeater concerned, they lost a lot. Um, they, they 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 lost a great senior class. They got Jaden Porter. He's the headliner, but the the bones of that team are going to have to be replaced. Yeah, I mean they uh, they have to. Uh, I believe they have to replace four offensive linemen. Like there are just questions. I could I could buy in on Columbus too, and I could buy in on, yeah. on Little River Academy, yeah. but I, I'm going to be boring. How, how's break. this for a first round matchup? Possibly Hitchcock versus Little River Academy, and neither one of them won their district. 
Dude, that's so dope. I'm super that's, into that. Talk about the depth um, in this region. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Uh, so I'll go with Franklin, which is I admit is is, is boring and lame, but I'm going to go with him. Uh, and then region four, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Edna. I'm, you talked me into Edna. They they actually they did play Lago Vista really close last year, and I think they're going to be better. So I'm going to go with Edna. And for my state champion, I'm going to go chalky with the magazine, and I'm going to say Brock over Franklin. Okay. For now. But don't hold me to that. I can also say Franklin over Brock. I can see Franklin going back to back, moving up classification and then winning it. I can do that. I that'd, can see that. That'd be impressive. Um. Okay. Let's now move over to we're done with three A. That closes out three A. We're only fifty two minutes in. This is going great. Um, let's go we're over sorry. to let's go over to four A. I'm putting timestamps in the podcast in the in the notes, so check out the timestamps. Let's go to four A. Four A Division Two is where we will start, um, and and we will once again have another uh, another new state champion of four A Division Two. China mm-hmm. Spring, the defending four A Division Two state champs, have made the move up. We'll get to them in just probably by my metric about thirty minutes. Um, and so it's a familiar, it's a familiar, like with China Spring, who was the party crasher last year. Now you have like a familiar group at the very top. Uh, I mean, your top six are Carthage, Gilmer, Wichita Falls, Hershey, West Orange, Stark, Pleasant Grove, and Quero, um, who are all blue blood, just, you know, set your watch to them type teams. We have Carthage number one. I have some questions about Carthage defensively, but I also know that Scott Surratt has spent an entire offseason figuring out what's going to be wrong with that offense, and he brings back nine starters on the offense. And so the defense can have a couple of weeks to get up to speed, and then, I don't know, I think you just doubt Carthage at your own peril, especially coming, especially a pissed-off Carthage team. Yeah, a Carthage team with a little bit to prove, and uh, like you said, they're... they're I, I, I think if you talk to folks around the program, they were a little, you know, a little embarrassed about what happened last year against China Spring. They, they didn't yeah. play their best game, and they, they kind of got their pants pulled down in that game. So yeah, I, and, I and, they, and they did it. And, and what's so interesting about that? Because I was at that game, and it was so uncarthage like, where the offense was just stuck in the mud. Now you credit China Springs defense, but like we we put up the red flag about this Carthage team and the Carthage offense in like week four. It and was said, week one. I mean, that, that game, remember that game against yeah. Crosby where they, they yeah. turned it over like seven or eight times and they, they won on, on they, they got a kickoff return for a touchdown. They just mm. never never seemed right on offense. They just never yeah. seemed to click at all this last year. Now they're loaded offensively this year. They got nine starters back. And so <laughs> it's reversed say, this year. And now the defense yeah. has the questions. Yeah, the defense has the questions, but like, you know, the defense should be able to come along. The other thing about this team, the other thing about this, uh, I mean, the real headline for me is is realignment with them, with Carthage shifting over from from region three to region two. I mean, that's absolutely that's huge. That's that's as seismic a shift as we saw in 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 realignment uh, this year. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm I like this Carthage team. I don't. This is not, in my opinion, that 2020 Carthage team uh, where it just felt like inevitability they were the Death Star um, mm-hmm. or like some other past Carthage teams where it just felt like nobody's getting in their way. I do think maybe I'm just letting recency bias get into it. I think they're vulnerable, but I also think that this is this is a, they've got to be the favorite to start the year, in my humble opinion. Nine starters back on offense seems to to fit the bill, but there's, For Scott there's a Surratt. lot of contenders. Yeah, and Scott yeah. Surratt, yeah. 
Um, and that's that's the thing is that like if it, there are other teams where it's like nine starters back on offense, I'd be like, okay, well, who cares? Like you give you give that you give Scott Surratt that kind of weaponry, and he's going to find a way. But it, you're right. There's a lot of contenders, and they're all kind of a lot of them are kind of like grouped, especially Region Two, which we'll get to in a moment. Is the real is the real juggernaut? But I think Region Three could be really fun, especially with some changes that we've seen the past few weeks. Um, I don't know. Division two is going to be interesting. Let's go to region. Let's go to region one of four division two, where it is a four, a division one drop down that has the early pole position in a lot of ways. Like region one is really bizarre because the team that won the, the the team that won the region last year, who won four division two region one last year, Salina, Salina. Well, they move up. Right, they're 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 no longer there, um, and so now it's kind of like the UIL put these teams in there that were just like, all right, if you're like, my question is like, if you're Midland Greenwood or Graham, right, who have like been there for the past few years and just kind of hanging out in four A Division two Region one, and like Salina leaves, you're like, oh man, thank goodness, like we don't have to deal with them anymore, um, you know, or yeah. was it Salina that won the region last year? Yeah, Salina beat Aubrey. So the, the regional Aubrey, Aubrey. Yeah, Aubrey and Aubrey's in region two now. So they yeah, kind of region cleared two. out the the region so, a little bit. So here's my thing is like I think if you're Greenwood or Graham or like any of these teams that are kind of OGs of region one, you're like, man, all right, great. Like it kind of clears out, like like Salina's gone, Aubrey's gone, it's our chance. And then like in parachutes, Wichita Falls Hershey and Glen Rose, like mm-hmm. into your region, and you're like, damn, like couldn't you guys just like put them somewhere else? But, Glen Rose is loaded. They bring back a ton. Yeah. And they bring back 10 starters from an offense that was like lethal last last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be very dangerous. Hershey starts the year as our favorite in region one, the magazine dropping down, bringing back eight starters uh, offensively and, and playing with, you know, I do wonder, you know, look, this was a team that gave four division one state champion, Stephenville, their closest game. Oh yeah, gave them all they wanted. Gave them all they wanted in that state. That was a great state semifinal game. Um, they are going to have, um, and they're going to have playmakers. They're going to have playmakers. I also wonder, you know, they have a new coach. I do wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to, because if you don't know, Hershey is closing in two years. Um, I wonder what the mentality there is for them of like. You know, I don't know. You never know how how, how players are going to or programs are yeah, going to react. Yeah, that's just a weird situation there in Wichita Falls ISD with all three schools. But yeah, with Hershey, it's it's odd because you know they're they had such a successful year last year in all sports and and you know obviously I I think the school closing had a lot to do with Antonio Wiley leaving mm-hmm. and going and taking the Coppell job. He takes his son with him, who's a starting middle linebacker. He's now at Coppell, so uh, your your alma mater got a little bit better. I'm sure you're going to complain in there. Uh, but yeah, Her- Hershey, I think is the favorite, but they're not without questions, especially on the defensive side of the ball yep. and with the coaching change. And and I think that there is a, and, and the thing is there are some regions where it's like, if it's not them, then who, uh, the, here we have a clear answer. I think if it's not Hershey, it's Glen Rose. Like mm-hmm. there is a clear threat to Hershey in region one and it's Glen Rose. You could talk me into Greenwood. Greenwood brings back 14 starters from a team that I think, you know, that they got upset in the first round of the playoffs last year um, by Perryton. 
Um, you could talk me into Graham, although I feel like I've been banging the Graham drum for too long, and at some point, yeah, that, like I, I it's got to pay dividends. Yeah, I, I got Graham in fourth, and I think Snyder. Snyder beat Graham last year in the playoffs. I think Snyder gets yeah. the edge there. I, I think Fort Stockton's a little bit of a sleeper, dropping down from Division One after making the mm-hmm. area playoffs in Division One. They bring you know, Jeremy Hickman, the new coach there, has got he's a Fort Stockton guy, so I think Fort Stockton could be a a, a sleeper team in this region. But I, I think it's a two horse race. I think it's Hershey and Gross. I think you're right. Hershey and Glen Rose look like the favorites there. Over to um, the murder machine um, <laughs> in region two uh, into the wood chipper. We go where I believe seven of the top 19 teams is that right. Six of the top 19 teams uh, are here and three of the top five, uh, including number one Carthage. We talked at length about them. And then there's Gilbert Gilmer, who um, boy, you want to talk about a fan base that you want to talk about hang dog after a state championship game, bro. Those Gilmer fans, those Gilmer fans looked like they, somebody had shot their dog after that title game. Cause I think they really, I think they, they thought like Gilmer, I think fans were like, this is the year. This is the year that we're going to go in there and we're going to work. Like we've got the senior quarterback and Brandon Tennyson. We've got all the pieces together. It's Carthage all happening. Isn't there. Carthage got beat. Yes. It's not yep. Carthage. Like, this is the year for us, and then to go out there and to get to get Major Bowden, basically. Yeah. Um, they, they got beat pretty thoroughly. China Spring was clearly the better team that day. Yeah. Um, and so now, look, they they do it without Brandon Tennyson. They'll be pretty loaded with a couple of receivers, like Rohan Fluellen's back, um, and the um, they've got some the running back. Ash, Ashton Haynes, I think, is the running yeah. back. That's returning. They're yeah. back, and the defense is going to be pretty good, but like... I don't know, and especially because I think Region 2 got a lot tougher. Not just because Carthage is in. I know I've said it every, I said it like 500 times last year. Pleasant Grove got to play four playoff games with yeah. babies, with with actual infants out there playing for yeah. them. And, yep. and, and this is the time, if you want to tell me that this Pleasant Grove team is like that whatever that first title team was 2016, I think it was um, where remember that was a team that felt like it was a year early then. Mm-hmm. Um, I can certainly buy that because I think this team is going to be 2017 when they beat West Orange Stark. Um, I think this team, I think 20, I think 2023 is the real year for Pleasant Grove, but they also have a history of just like scooching the calendar up a little bit. Yeah, they're going to be really, really strong. This, this, this. You know, you look at District Seven and poor Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Jeez. is one of those teams. Pittsburgh would be really good in a lot of other districts, and they're probably looking at finishing third and having a really tough first round playoff matchup. Because I look at District Eight, Rusk is going to be really good. Like mm-hmm. Van is going to be really good. Brownsboro took a huge leap forward last year. This this bottom part of Region Two between District Seven and District Eight. Those first round playoff games are going to are going to be absolute bloodbaths. Those are those are really really good, two good and deep districts in District Six and Seven. And then if you're looking for that sleeper, keep an eye on Aubrey in District Five. Mm-hmm. That's a team that could really at the top part of that bracket, kind of sliding under the radar. I think Aubrey could be a team that makes a lot of noise in this region as well. Especially kind of if that they non East Texas team. Well, and especially if they win that region or they win that district, which to me right now. Van Alstine's probably their best their best challenge, and Van Alstine's going to be pretty good. They were they were an area round team last year, and they bring back seventeen starters. 
But the winner of that district is going to have a pretty favorable draw in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could draw, you know, you're going to be able to draw a team like maybe, I don't know, like like Crumb or not Crumb, but rather uh, like Lincoln in the first round of the playoffs or something yeah. like that. You could have like a real nice draw there and make some noise before you have to run into the the big dogs before you have to run into a, a Carthage, a Gilmore, a Pleasant Grove. It could just be the third round of the playoffs, and one of those teams may already be out. You know, so to me, that's 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 really like I think you're right that the winner of di- my sleeper is the winner of District Five, whether that's okay. Aubrey, whether that's VA, you know, whoever it ends up being. That's kind of the sleeper there because the the draw is going to be favorable to. Them. Agree. I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's a, they'll avoid the kind of the big dogs until the third round. Then you yeah. kind of get into a one game scenario at that point. Anyway. All right, let's move over to Region Four or Region Three, rather, other sides of the bracket. I'm so used to talking about Carthage and Region Three. Let's go to Region Four or Region Three, rather. And this, you know, for all we talked about, um, you know, for all we talked about, you know, Carthage moving over from Region Three to Region Four, two, how crazy it is. Um, let's not overlook the fact that you had. Quero moving to region three region three Quero. it's weird like, it's odd to look at it's really weird um and and they will immediately jump into a district or rather a region with in my opinion at least three other contenders and if you want to talk me into salado i could tell you four other contenders um yeah. for that region for, for that regional crime in west orange stark silsby uh, Belleville and Salado. Um, region three, I think is going to be fun. And I think, uh, man, I'll tell you this. I, I know it's, we it feels like we say it every year, but Quero is going to fit right in. Cause uh, dude, this is going to be some physical, physical football. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah. You, you need to strap your big boy, big boy underwear on when you, when you come watch games in the playoffs in this region, it's going to be a lot of fun. You start in district nine. I think district nine is one of the deepest districts in the state. Mm-hmm. Obviously, West Orange, Stark, and Silsby kind of headline things. We think really highly of Jasper this year. I think Jasper is going to take a huge step forward. And Hampshire Finette, if Hampshire Finette finishes fourth, think about how Hampshire Finette's a really good fourth place team in this district. This is a strong district top to bottom. Belleville brings back everyone really that, that was key. It's, all their kind of, remember we talked about a couple of teams. Yeah. They bring the stars back but, but lost the bones. Bell's, Belleville is the opposite. They bring back the bones, but they lose the two stars in the, in the two Division One players in uh, Richard Reese and then the kid who went to um, Utah State, Robert. Yeah. Name mistakes me, but uh, Belleville bring, you know, brings back a lot except for the two stars. Seeley with Devon Himaluski at quarterback is going to be good. Salado, I got questions about Salado. I know you're, you're bullish on Salado. Mm-hmm. They're transitioning from the slot T to the spread. Yeah. Under Tom Westerberg. That's a big change. I don't know how they're going to handle that. I, I think LaGrange is kind of a little bit of a sleeper within yep. Quero's district. And Smithville. Smithville's always – Coach Atkins has done a really good job there at Smithville. They're, they've always kind of been a thorn in the side of a lot of teams. So I think I think Smithville is a good team as well. This is a good region top to bottom. My sleeper is another District 10 team, and I think it's probably – I think it's a team that could challenge for second, and that's West Columbia. Um, the Roughnecks uh, drop down from four uh, from D one. They bring back seven. Uh, they bring back twelve starters from a play from a D one playoff team uh, that won a playoff game. Right, won a playoff game. I think their offensive line is going to be is going to fit right into this kind of physical region here. West Columbia could be that team that makes some noise. Uh, but really, um, Winwood. Let me let me look at the bracket. 
We would, yeah, thankfully, we would get West Orange Stark and Quero if it goes that way. And Quero, by the way, I, I guess I don't, we have to talk a little bit about the, the kind of the contenders here. You know, Quero is going to be a team that's going to be pretty loaded. Uh, Jared Fikach takes over. How quickly do they take, do they take to what he's kind of, buy what he's selling? But Offensively, be- they got playmakers. They got, they got a, Tyson, Tyson Williams, the running back is back. Uh, mm-hmm. They do. They do have some losses on defense, but offensively they're going to be. As, they're going to be pretty powerful. But I also think that the funny thing for them is that like they have some losses defensively. You're right, but they are going to have uh, or offensively rather or defensively. But that front seven, I think, is going to be really strong. And and so that's going to be you know if they can kind of develop back into that defense, it has an opportunity to be really good. And then there's West Orange Stark, and look, the Blue Link defense is going to do what they do. Um, and the thing, the thing about Stark this year. Um, you know, the thing about them is, is look, there's, there's two big questions. The first is, do they have, uh, do they have a, somebody at, at quarterback that they feel good about? They're going to throw key. It looks like Keyshawn Robinson, the junior is going to be the guy. Um, he was, he, he got some experience last year. I know they're going to be able, should be able to run the ball with a couple of playmakers. Are they going to have a guy at quarterback? The other question is what does a non Cornell Thompson team look like? In the in the modern era at West Orange Stark, because, dude, you want to talk about like there there are programs here like uh, it's funny like it's always uh, interesting, um, kind of looking through your um through your uh, your coaching change pages and being like man they're on their third coach in three years they're on their fifth coach in five years you know whatever and ever, uh, Hiawatha Hickman is the third coach at West Orange Stark since 1980. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots of con- lots of continuity there in West Orange Stark for sure. It's- it was Dan Hooks and then Cornell Thompson. Thompson. That's the list. Yeah, um, not very long. Um, but you know, you one know, thing, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this playoff bracket, Tepper. Mm-hmm. How's this for a possible round two matchup? Quero versus Silsby. Oh, feed it to me. Put it in a put it in. That a was little, a state semifinal the year the year that Quero won it all. That, that was mm-hmm. a semifinal game that year. Yeah. That's- um, Big time stuff in region. Three. Yeah, region three is going to be physical. Region three is going to be fun. Over to region four. I feel like we've done this with every region, but I do think that I do think region four in four A division two has more contenders than region four in some other places. Um, you've got a three A division one state semifinalist in Lago Vista moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me. So right now we have Wimberley as the favorite in region four. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. But did they lose their quarterback? He did transfer to China Spring. Yes. So that's certainly interesting. And at the very least, the door was already cracked. And I didn't think that the, even with Cash McCollum, I did not think that the gap between Wimberley and the rest of the field in Region 4 was all that big. Now, pff, I mean, yeah, it's, it's anybody, anybody's ball game, And I... Part of me leans towards a team like Hieronimo Navarro to get through. I agree. I, I think Navarro – I think Sinton would have been there, but Sinton had a couple of key returning players just opted to play baseball only, mm-hmm. and I think that's really going to hurt them a little bit. Um, I, I think this is a this is a two-horse race between Wimberley and Navarro with kind of teams like Sinton, Lago Vista, Port Isabel, kind of on the Ingle side, kind of on the periphery, but I, I think – I think this is a Wimberley Navarro race, two horse race. I, I think we, these two teams may play twice. Yeah, I think so. I think Lago Vista could, like, like you said, could be that that kind of party crasher. Uh, maybe a team like Ingleside. I could, I could, I could get it on Ingleside. This is the team that that won a playoff game last year. 
uh, before running into Wimberley. Um, and I think that offensively, I think they're going to have playmakers on both sides of the ball. The question's kind of going to be in the uh, in the trenches if they can hold up. Um, and but I, I could see them maybe a team like Divine as a, as, a, as a sleeper as well. But mm-hmm. I tend to think that you're right. I think that Wimberley and Hiranuma Devar are going to duke it out. And I wonder if Wimberley not having a quarterback, at least for now, and especially they've got huge losses defensively. They bring back just two starters on defense. Yeah. Um, I do and wonder. Navarro slot T gets, they get that slot T going. They could be a real pain. I think so. So I think you're right. I think it's a two horse race there. All right. For division two, give me your uh, regional winners and your state champion. Region one, I got Hershey over Greenwood. Region two, I've got Carthage over Pleasant Grove. Region three, I have West Orange Stark over Quero. And region four, I have Navarro over Wimberley. In the state championship game, I have Carthage over West Orange Stark. Um, I think we're entirely taking. Who'd you take in Region One? The Hershey over uh, Greenwood. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Glen Rose over Hershey in Region One. Um, oh, wow. I'm just gonna go with Glen Rose. I'm, I'm riding the lightning. I, I'm gonna go Glen Rose over over Hershey in Region One. Um, I'm gonna go with Carthage in Region Two. Although I am very tempted to take Pleasant Grove. Region three, I'm going to go with West Orange Stark, although I'm pretty tempted to take Quero. Uh, and then region four, I'm going to take Navarro. And in a state championship, we have the same one. I'm going with Carthage over West Orange Stark in a um, in a what would just be a really fun matchup of styles. And that would be that would be really fun. Like I would be very as just a neutral fan, I'd be just super into that that football game. Um, all right. Let's round it all out, this episode at least, with 4A Division One And 4A Division One, of course, the reigning state champion, Stephenville Yellow Jackets, are the number one team. And the number two team is the reigning 4A Division Two state champion, China Spring. But if you're only paying attention to them in District 5, both in the same district, District 5, 4A Division One, also laid claim to having one of the best districts in the state, um, you are really missing the forest for the trees because... Mm-hmm. I think there are at least two other, potentially like as many as six other teams that are looming that if these teams lose a step, they are certainly good enough to win it. For a division one, you know, last year, who was the favorite last year? Argyle, maybe? I, I think we kind of uh, dubbed Argyle as the kind of the preseason yeah, favorite. as the early favorite. Um, this year... I it feels much a little bit more wide open. Although bringing back Ryder Lambert certainly gives Stephenville the early edge to go back to back. I I would agree. I, I think I think Stephenville gets the edge, but I I think there's a especially coming out of Region Three, and we'll talk about how good Region Three is. I, I think there's there's a lot of competition for Stephenville in Region Three, and then you look within their own district, District Five. I think there's, yeah, there's going to be a lot of potholes. Uh, the um yeah the the the, the the margins are pretty narrow, I think, at the very top. It's not until really I'm trying to think where there's a drop off in our rankings. I'd say about seven or eight, kind of. Yeah, I think there's a mini drop off there, and then I would say there's another drop off maybe after like number eleven, like Bernie to Lumberton feels like a little mm-hmm. bit of a drop off. But other than that, I mean, these are these are really these are a tightly packed group of teams here in four division one to start the year. Uh, let's start over in region one. Uh, region one, once again, has a grand total of 20 teams. 
Uh, little T nineteen, little baby, little baby region. More than they had in the past. Was it one year they had they had seventeen or eighteen? I think yeah, it was, it was like seventeen or eighteen. T nineteen, little region one, little baby region one. Barely knows a word yet. And you've got the you've got the reigning regional champion here, in, or rather a, a, a regional finalist last year in um, in Springtown, who's mm-hmm. who's back. Uh, but they are going to be pretty wiped defensively, um, and that's kind of a that's that that could hold hold them up. Um, Dumas starts the year as a top ranked team here, and plenty of reason why they kind of tick all the boxes. Uh, you know, they were a team that, you know, that, that was a regional semifinals last year, eventually ran into Hershey. Very defense, consistent. Very, very consistent. consistent. Eight starters mm-hmm. back on defense. They do have to replace a lot of skill guys, including quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, but they're going to be pretty good. And here to talk you into El Paso Riverside re- winning region one is Matt Stepp. I mean, Jose, Speedy Munoz and Jose Guardado. <laughs> Riverside went 11-2 and two last year. We lo- lost to Springtown. That, that was a game, uh, on, if you look at the final score, it doesn't tell the whole story. That game was pretty close right up, up until about halftime. Riverside turned the ball over on downs at the one-yard line, and Springtown hit like a 95-yard touchdown right after that. Kind of broke the game wide open. Riverside's a really good team. They're, they're a team that, that I think if they can stay healthy, there's not a lot of depth there. But if, yeah. if they can keep Munoz and Guardado healthy, Riverside's going to be – a real challenger again in region one, uh, keep an eye on them. I think Decatur under Steve Huff, you know, is mm-hmm. going to be much improved, especially when you have a guy like Nate Palmer, the running back who moves in from college station high to Decatur. He's got offers from the OU. I mean, that's all you need to say there. You add a running back like that to the, to the mix of Decatur, Wichita falls dropping down from four a as a playoff team could be in the mix. And my real sleeper that I've been on all off season is Brownwood. This is mm-hmm. a team moving you've been, over from Region 2 to Region 1. I'm t- 10 and OJV. They bring back a ton. And you remember two years ago, Tepper, we were at, in Brownwood at the semifinal yep. game. Sammy, Sammy Burnett was talking about that that freshman class. Those kids are now they're now that, juniors. Wait, what, was they're, that was that the aforementioned was that the aforementioned San Seba Valley View game? Uh, it was the post Valley View game. Post Valley View game. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're giving them a lot of uh-huh. shine. Yeah, yeah. And so he, these guys now they're upperclassmen. They're ready to go. I think Brownwood is a team. I think, I, I think if you're looking for a sleeper, and when I do my regional picks, you, you you'll be surprised. Brownwood's a team to watch. They're gonna they're gonna do big things in Region One. Um, the the story I just posted the story yesterday on TexasFootball.com, and so I guess I'll reveal my sleeper here is Andrews. Um, this was a team that uh, they they started the year awful, two and six last year. Including they lost a big spring in the district op- district opener and and then it's just like I have to imagine around Andrews there was a lot of what the hell is going on look mm-hmm. about them, but they caught fire late. They won a playoff game and in those final four games of the year they averaged nearly fifty points a game. Um, new coach Tom Harvey, yeah, new coach Tom Harvey takes over. They got seven starters back defensively. I think Andrews is a, a real bounce back candidate and a, and a sleeper here in Region One, but. Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't, I don't know, like, like Dumas is like the easy choice, you know, Dumas is the traditional, hey, don't think too hard choice, mm-hmm. right? Like they tick all the boxes. They're going to be good up front. They've done it before. They've got enough starters back on, on both sides of the ball, but there's at least a number of teams to dream on here. For and, sure. And that's what makes four division one region, region one really interesting. Over to four A Division One Region Two, where there ain't no dreaming, there are only nightmares. It is all just murder 
just murder, murder, murder. Um, there are three of the top five, four of the top seven, five of the top 10, and eight of the top 24 in region two. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's going to be a so, so then you go to, to district five, district five, four, a division one, Stephenville, China Spring, La Vega is, um, is, is horrifying. It's, uh, I mean, those, and the other thing is the way that those teams play, they are going to take chunks out of each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like there are going to be violent football games between those three teams, which is going to be be very interesting for us. And, and yeah, look, I think between those three, between Salina, who was a state uh, semifinalist from a year ago in four division two moving up, and, he, and then teams like kind of on that next echelon, like Kennedale, like Paris, maybe. Um, Region two is stacked. Yeah. Kennedale, it's not Paris. just the state champions. Yeah. I mean, you got those three. You got Salina, who was a semifinalist in Division two, Kennedale, Lake Worth, who's much improved. Mm-hmm. Paris. I think Anna is going to be a team to really keep an eye on, and Kaufman. This is a, a deep region. Um, I think Anna's got a chance to be a real sleeper. I think Seth Parr's kind of got that thing cooking. We watched him in seven on seven a mm-hmm. little bit. We're very impressed with them. I, I think Anna is is possibly due for a breakout year as well. But you know, the funny thing is, a lot of the depth is really centered in District Five and District Eight. Yes. District Six and Seven in the middle are real top heavy with Salina and Kennedale at the top. So I, I think if you can, if you're in, if you're in District Five and District Eight. If you can just not get fourth place, yes. I think you have a chance to have a very winnable first round playoff game. And even if you're a little bit beat up going into the playoffs, got a little time to heal up as you get move into the area around and possibly later. Right, because that's the thing. Is like and, and even like look at District Five. District five, what I mean by like finishing as high as possible, if you finish third in that district, which like right now we project number seven Waco La Vega to finish third in that district, yeah. which is insane. Not not you're fun. Getting, you're getting Salina in the second round. Yep. Like it's gonna it's gonna get get real real quick in region. It gets two. real real quick now. That's why we love now, it. Now, now Stephenville's got Ryder Lambert coming back. China Spring is bringing back a fair amount of that defense, and they're bringing in Cash McCollum, the quarterback from from Wimberley, which should help things. Is it Cash McCollum? Do I have that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you got it right. Um, uh, and then the, and then La Vega La Vega is interesting because La Vega I think their offense is due to take a really nice step forward. They have some holes to fill defensively, but kind of like what we say about Scott Surratt in offense, I say about Don Hyde in defense. Like I just don't worry. I, Don Hyde will find a way to put together a, a, a serviceable defense. I'm right. pretty confident. There. And, and then there's you know and then there's Salina and Salina was a team that was a, a as we mentioned a state semifinalist from a year ago in four A Division two moving up. Uh, they have an extremely intimidating head coach who's like also the nicest guy. Like it, it's hard to square in my brain. Yeah, Bill yeah. Elliott, like, I don't know. Uh, but this is a guy or this is a team, uh, a team that brings back. I think they're going to be physical per use. I think their offense is going to be exceptional and they bring back a, a quarterback and a running back and Noah Bentley and Gabe Gayton respectively. They're going to keep them in every game um, for division one region two. It just like, it's deep, it's dangerous, and it is like pretty clearly the power nexus, in my opinion. Well, maybe not pretty clearly, but in my opinion, it's the power nexus of region of, of Division One, and it's not just the two state champions. People are going to pay a ton of attention to that, but like the depth here beyond those two is really impressive. Yeah, I think the depth speaks just 
speaks volumes to how much fun this this region is going to be come playoff time. And, and I think, yeah, Stephenville is going to be on the on the favorite list of a lot of a lot of people. But I, I think there are a lot of landmines and a lot of potential teams who could knock Stephenville off come playoff time. I think you're right. All right, let's go over to the other side of the bracket and four division one region three. And I mean, I don't really even know where to begin here. Uh, five or uh, six of the top 15 teams are here. And that's not even, uh, you know, you know, six, of, I should say six of the top 15 teams are here, including number three, number four, and number eight. And I'll just put it to you like this. Is Tyler Chapel Hill fixing to win a state championship? <laughs> I mean, it's lot. It's it. It's it's there. They can do it now. They yeah. got to get region three is going to be tough, and their own district is going to be tough. I mean, you look at, I mean, Chapel yeah. Hill finished fourth in district last year mm-hmm. and got white hot come playoff time. So, you know, their district's not a cakewalk with Kilgore and Lindale uh, looming. I think Jacksonville dropping down from five A is going to be much improved. Henderson, Pal, I mean, Palestine mm-hmm. and Athens are solid teams that would be playoff teams in a lot of other districts. So. Nine four A Division One is going to be a, a war each and every week. Yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be tough. If they can survive that, get into the playoffs healthy, keep that momentum going. I think whoever gets out of Region Three is going to be in prime position to play for a state championship because there's no Austin LBJ type team working in Region Four. Tyler Chapel Hill was like stupid young last year, like playing, like I said, playing in playing embryos out there, freshman um, quarterback and freshman running back last year. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and now they're bringing those guys back, plus a fair amount of like important seniors, like mm-hmm. uh, on Huddleston oh, at the uh, up front. Commit, yeah, committed to TCU. Uh, they, got, they got Deuce McGregor and Tyson. I think Tyson Berry's committed to San yeah. Diego State. Like, they're loaded. They, they've got a lot of playmakers. But and Kilgore, I mean, Kilgore mm-hmm. is going to be really strong too. And then Lindale, we talked to Chris Cochran. He really yep. loves what they have coming back, especially in the, in the trenches. And Lindale is the kind of team that gives Chapel Hill trouble because Lindale is so good up front. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's what that's so district nine is the real power nexus of region three. Uh, let's talk. Uh, and then there's El Campo um, who has like one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Um, Ruben Owens is you know. back for, for an encore season. And, and, you know, it, this senior class has been talked about in El Campo, and, and they've kind of underachieved the last two years, losing in the mm-hmm. area playoffs and the regional semifinals last year. Can they break through? Ruben Owens is an unbelievable player, and he's he's that dude. But El Campo's defense, especially, I think, has got to take a step forward. Yes. they've let them down the last couple of years uh, in, in the in the postseason. I've got I've got concerns about El Campo up front, and I've got concerns about El Campo in the secondary. But I do not have concerns about them at running back. I think their running back game will be seems fair. to be okay. Seems like seems it'll be to be okay. fine. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. Can I sell you? Um, can I sell you on? All right, I'll just put it to you this way: We have Lumberton with two teams in the top between twelve and fifteen in District Twelve. We have Lumberton at number ten. And we have Little Cypress Mauriceville at number at, at or number twelve, and Little Cypress Mauriceville at number fifteen. You can only buy stock in one of them. Let's make one fan base very mad. Which one are you going to go with? Can I buy stock in Vider? Ooh, look at you! I think I think Vider's going to be a problem as well. This District Ten is really really good. But it's Vider, sneaky. It's sneaky. It doesn't, it doesn't have. Is, is a, there's this is a bunch of this is a bunch of hipster teams. 
Yeah. All like, kind of thrown together that you're like, yeah, I'm into all of these teams. Like we didn't, we never, you know, little Cypress Mauriceville, we thought it would take PV a couple of years and all of a sudden he hauls off and gets them to regional finals last year. Well, now they got the target on their back. Can they, can mm-hmm. they do it with the target on their back? I think Vider is the kind of team that's no one's really talking about. They bring a lot back. They, they run the slot T. They're a tough matchup. They, they gave Chapel Hill, I think it was Chapel Hill. Vider won this district last year and played Chapel Hill in the first round of the playoffs. That was a very close game. So I, I think these teams are real tricky, and those those first-round matchups between District 9 and District 10 are going to be really interesting to watch because I think even if you get the number one seed, you're going to have a tough first-round matchup, as we saw last year with Chapel Hill beating Vider. So um, you could, you could, Vider could haul off and win District 10 and then lose in the first round of the playoffs like last year. Um, can I give you um, Can I give you my my – my super hipstery pick. Uh, and I'm not picking him to win a state championship. Uh, I think, I think Iowa colony is going to make the playoffs. Alvin, Iowa colony. In their first I year. think Iowa colony is going to be a problem, but in 2023. Okay. They, All they're right. so young this year. I, I think, but yeah, they're going to be a problem in 2023 because they're, do you know their mascot? The Pioneers. Oh, well done. Okay. Look at Pioneers, you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am. Um, yeah, so I, I think I, I think Alba Colony is going to be competitive this year, but I think 2023 really watch out for them. All right, and now we move to Region Four, and it's it's hard it's hard to talk about Region Four without addressing a bit of the elephant in the room, which is uh, at Corpus Christi, Cal Allen. Um, mm-hmm. Phil Danaher has retired. Uh, uh, sadly, if you may have read the story in Texas Monthly uh, about about him and his battles with um, with uh, I believe dementia. Uh, is going on. We had sadly, unfortunately, we had heard that, the, heard those rumblings uh, that that was going on. Um, but un- unfortunately, it sounds like it's true. We're certainly wishing the best for him and, and him and his family. Steve Campbell takes over. Steve Campbell has been like his Phil Danaher's right hand man for like fifty years, and I'm not really exaggerating. Like, <laughs> I think he's been with him f- like for at least thirty. Uh, so he takes over. Um, we again, we don't know what uh, what kind of stamp he's going to put on the program. They start the year as the highest ranked team in our in, in Region Four, but I'm also inclined to believe that there's a couple of teams out there that could really come up and and and, and nab them uh, if 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 kind of things break right for them. Uh, chief among them for me is Bernie. I I am I am buying in on what the Greyhounds are putting down. I, I, if Bernie can replace Rashad Galloway at quarterback, I think that's going to be the key. I, I, they got that big hole there at quarterback. Everywhere else, they, they should be pretty good. I, I think they're going to be good. The Canyon Lake has a chance to be really strong. Marble Falls dropping down from 4A after making the area playoffs last year. Lost a lot, but will still be very competitive as they also run the slot T. They're, they're competitive. I think San Antonio Davenport is a team, a new school mm-hmm. that could be competitive right away. Um, my deep sleeper here is Alice. I think mm-hmm. Alice has got a chance to be really good with what they have coming back. And then you add in a division one quarterback and Cutter Stewart, who moves in from orange Grove. I think Alice, I think Kyle Atwood's got a team that could really make some noise here in region four. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Canyon Lake. Uh, Canyon Lake was a team that ran into Bernie in the first round and, and gave them everything they want. They bring back eight starters offensively that I think that the Hawks could be dangerous. Uh, and then there's a, a, another move up in Rockport Fulton. Rockport Fulton was a, uh, a an area round playoff team last year uh, in 4A Division Two. They move up to 4A Division One uh, and they do so with a couple of holes to fill. Uh, but I think that they're going to be able to throw the ball fairly well and the Pirates are going to be dangerous. Uh, but a lot of this, you know, a lot of this comes down to, I think you're right, 
there's just so many questions here. What does Cal Allen look like under new management? Can Bernie replace Rashawn Galloway? And then what other kind of surprises loom in a region that seemingly always seems to produce a surprise? Like last year, LBJ going kind of wire to wire as our regional favorite. That's kind of not been the norm in region one. No, or region no, four. No. This has been the this has been the place where you've had party crashers. Yeah, because the LBJ was the party crasher in 2020 because we kind of yes. all thought it was Lampasas this year. Mm-hmm. And then Corpus Christi Miller beat Lampasas. We had LBJ Miller in the regional final. Last year, Fredericks- Fredericksburg made their surprise run all the way to the regional final. But yeah, I, I think this year there's, there's not that looming figure. I think everybody's got questions. And I, like I said, there's five or six teams that could win this region. Um, there's also just kind of an influx of teams. Um, if, if like uh, you've got uh, San Antonio Kennedy dropping down and then Davenport adding in, like you've got a much more defined San Antonio flavor here. Mm-hmm. Whereas it kind of used to be like, Coastal Bend, South Texas, you know, type type teams. Now you've got a real distinct like Alamo City flair, which could kind of change a little bit of the uh, the calculus here. So yeah, th- district um, thirteen and thir- thirteen and fourteen are pretty San Antonio heavy area yeah. districts. So Matthew, give me your regional picks and your state champion. Region one, I'm going for it. Give me Brownwood over Dumas. You're a mad lad. You're a mad lad. I love it. Region two, give me Stephenville over La Vega, which would set up a state semifinal between Jesus. and Brownwood. I, I don't know where they would play that game at. I'm guessing at Baylor maybe, but can you imagine Stephenville and Brownwood in a state semifinals? They should Holy play crap. they should they should play that game. They should build a stadium specifically for that game. Build a stadium in Comanche and just play it in Comanche. So oh, we'll tell God. Coach Escobar to host it at yeah. Comanche Stadium. That'd be awesome. Uh region three, give me Chapel Hill over Kilgore. And region four, give me Bernie over Canyon Lake. And in the state championship game, give me Chapel Hill over Stephenville. I think Jeff Reardon gets it done and gets a state championship. Those are certainly bold regional picks. Uh my regional picks in region one. Uh, dare I say even bolder. In Region 1, I like El Paso Riverside. Let's go. Let's go. Gary Recoder, let's go. Riverside, it, it would. I would love to see that. In Region 2, I like China Spring. I think bringing in the quarterback is going to be a difference there. I think okay. they get out of Region 2. Region 3, I like Tyler Chapel Hill. Region 4, I like Bernie. And in a state championship game, I like Tyler Chapel Hill over China Spring. How do you like that? I, I thought you were going to say Chapel Hill over Riverside. I was going to say that would be. Crap. Can you imagine? Oh my god! It'd be it'd be it'd be it'd be cool to see. It, it would be the. I mean, we've always talked about a real Grand Valley team making a run. Uh, how about an El Paso team? You know, we, we saw Canateo do it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who Canateo beat in the regional finals that year? Boy, it was, they played in Lubbock, didn't they? Um, no, that, that, that they played Innis in the semifinals, but you know who they beat in the semifinals in Lubbock. No, who they beat in the regional final? Everman. Oh, they, they beat Everman. Yeah. But. So you really couldn't lose, is what you're saying? I, I lost because I was, you know, my alma mater. <laughs> but you know, I, I was yeah, yeah, you had your little pennant out, your purple pom poms, drooping Eric Grande <laughs> Communication Stadium. But if, if El, El Paso Riverside did that, it would be so cool. So we'll we'll, we'll okay. see what happens. I, I, there's a chance. Riverside, they can stay healthy. They got the team to do it. But I, I think this might be Jeff Reardon's year at Chapel Hill. And supposedly, mm-hmm. there's a pair of Jordans waiting for you if it happens. 
Well, I'm in it remember, for that remember, remember that. I know you won't let um, Reardon forget about that. Oh, no, you're damn right. I'm not going to. <laughs> so there you have it. That's class 4A and class 3A. And we did it in like, I don't know, like an hour and a half or something like that. I don't know. Something um, like that. No. But now, next time, next week, next Tuesday, you will have a new podcast, which is the 5A preview. Yes, but we're that, 5A on Monday. That is a podcast for another time. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. And Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you for a double double Tep and Step week. Talk to you all next week on Tep and Step.